0: Hello everyone, I'm Jensene Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12, 11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. With us today in a testimony exclusive for her first ever National Religious Broadcasters Convention here in beautiful Orlando, Florida, is author, speaker, and pro-life activist, Terry Beatley. With her groundbreaking and just released, quote, What If We've Been Wrong? A book that was written to debunk the false narrative by the late Dr. Bernard N. Nathanson, Co founder of NARAL and termed, quote, America's abortion king. Here to tell that story and more, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Terry Beatley. Terry, welcome to testimony. Thank you, Jen Singh. I'm so glad to finally meet you face to face. Well, it's great to yeah. meet you. Terry, we first spoke several years ago when you were in the beginning stages of chronicling your conversation with America's, quote, abortion king, Dr. Bernard. Bernard Nathanson and the shocking findings you would be told just prior to his death, and thankfully he came to faith in Jesus Christ. He repented, but there is an untold story that you've written in your book, a story that he wanted to be sure America knew. Terry Beatley, please tell us that story. Well, I I had the rare opportunity to interview
1: 83 year old Dr. Bernard Nathanson on December 1st, 2009. Uh, The interview happened because uh, about two weeks earlier I was in a prayer vigil at my church. I had signed up for the first hour, and I was uh, in the church all by myself, and I was I was fervently asking God, what did he want me to do with this head full of information? Because I'd been researching the history of the abortion industry for years. And then just some amazing experiences had happened as I was um, sharing the truth about eugenics and the whole birth control movement, uh, particularly like in the African-American community. And the Lord said very swiftly, it wasn't audible, but it was one of those, you know, you could just tell it's an answer to a prayer. came very swiftly, go and interview Dr. Bernard Nathan. And, and of course, I knew who Dr. Bernard Nathanson was. I'd read one of his autobiographies, but he was such an icon in the pro-life movement, but that's not how his life started. He, he got his start in this whole abortion thing because he's the father of America's abortion industry. He is the doctor, the OBGYN, who made the assembly line slaughter of America's children possible. He was known as America's abortion king back in the early 1970s and he co-founded the political action organization uh, called NARAL, uh, N-A-R-A-L. Today it's called NARAL Pro-Choice America. Back in the 60s when they formed it, but in 1967, 68, 69, it was called the National Association for the Repeal of Abortion Laws. Their goal was to overturn anti-abortion laws in all states. Uh, the few states had already legalized abortion or decriminalized abortion, but the majority, the vast majority, it was still illegal. So they formed this political action organization, out with one goal, to make abortion legal in all 50 states, but that's not the end of the story.
0: Well, how did you come to interview Dr. Bernard Nathanson? Well,
1: I, I, you know, the Lord gave me the instructions and I was provided his telephone number and I I called up and Dr. Nathanson's wife answered the phone and she informed me that he was 83, very very frail, he was terminally ill with cancer. And she said, she said, Terry, it's highly unlikely he's going to grant me an interview. It had been over a year since his last interview. She told me to fax up my request, which I did. I prayed over and prayed over. It was just a little short paragraph telling him why I'd like to sit down with him. Faxed it up, and sure enough, she called me back two days later, two or three days. And she said, to her amazement, Dr. Nathanson said yes. So I flew up to New York, December 1st, 2009, and I sat beside the father of the modern-day abortion. An industry, and I can explain why it's called an industry, and listen to him tell me his story. I had a list of questions, but at the end of the interview, I felt such compassion for him, and I asked him if he had a message for America, because if he did, I promised him I would deliver it across our country until it became common knowledge or until Roe v. Wade is overturned, and this issue gets returned back to where it's supposed to be at the state level, where the people can respond to it as opposed to a small group of justices, you know, making laws. That's what happened during Roe v. Wade, which is not where law is supposed to be made. And so Dr. Nathanson, he left me his personal parting
0: message and his request. In your book, you talk about an eight Point propaganda, a campaign that Dr. Nathanson used as co-founder of NARUL in the late 60s. Can you tell us what those eight points were? Yes, and this is this is critical because if truth still
1: matters, women, you know, anybody who's. Suppress- abortion or supports this notion called choice, you know it's a woman's right to choose, you need to understand how America got to this position where we actually have people supporting the killing of other human beings and this is how it worked. Dr. Nathanson knew that they needed to hire a PR campaign back in the 60s to help them roll out the right type of propaganda so that it would shift the issue from the immorality of killing another human being being, too just the issue of choice. So they were the first ones out of the gate, and the framing was this is nothing more than about women's choice. Uh, They then framed the slogans that we still hear today. They literally drummed up these slogans. It's a woman's right to choose. It's my body. You know, all the things that we're so used to hearing today. Um, The third thing they did was, that keep in mind, he was an OBGYN, and if he stood in front of a room full of reporters, who, again, most of them would be, you know, secular reporters, most of them were young women. Women who probably graduated from a very liberal institution. About anything that he could tell them, they would believe. They wouldn't question it. They wouldn't research it. There's number three. He used the complicit media. Number four, what would he tell them? He told them a bunch of lies. So what were the lies? They're very audacious lies. He would tell the reporters that, look, there are so many illegal abortions. It's at epidemic level. There are a million illegal abortions a year, and 5,000 to 10,000 women a year are dying from back alley abortions. Both of those numbers were audacious lies. The real number, as far as the number of abortions, it was not one million a year. It was maybe 100,000 illegal abortions a year. And keep in mind, that was a criminal activity. So these are people who are choosing a criminal activity. The other thing, there were not 10,000 women dying from illegal abortions. The number at the very high side, and even this, I think it's much lower, but at the high side, Dr. Nathanson said 200 to 250 women a year were dying of illegal abortions, not 10,000 women a year. The next step was he would give fake statistics. He said that 60% of America wants abortion on demand. It wasn't anything close to it. The real number that he told me, and he also wrote about it in his book, it was one-half of 1% of Americans wanted abortion on demand, not 60%. The next thing is he repeated the lies, and we all know that if you repeat the lies long enough in the media, it becomes the truth, right? And then the last two, he would rationalize it. He would say that, look, we just need to make it legal because these women are going to do it anyway, so why make them felons? And so once it became criminalized, it became the self-fulfilling lie. Remember, he said there was a million abortions a year happening, so everything inverse. Once it was legalized, that's exactly what happened within a year, year and a half. We are actually hitting a million abortions a year. Those are a million children losing their life. And then lastly, the eighth point was what's called the Catholic strategy, because NARO is a political organization. They were based in New York. They were first trying to flip the 140-year-old law that protected babies in the womb. Well, what did New York have? But a bunch of Catholic voters. And they knew what they had to do was roll out their propaganda campaign to make sure enough Catholic voters would feel comfortable with voting for a pro-choice candidate. And they did it in a very, very stealthy way. It was a four-part to the Catholic strategy. That's exactly what happened, and that is exactly why the blood is on our hands. As a country, we as a country as a whole, our court system bought the lies of a very Marxist, they hated the church, they hated Christianity, and they were willing to lie and exploit American women and their babies to get to what they wanted. And what was it that they wanted? They wanted women to, to have the right to kill their own child in all 50 states. So they had to make sure they had political victory, and we're still experiencing this today. This issue, killing babies, has become a political pawn. And um, now keep in mind, too, Doc, Dr. Nathanson, I think it's important for your listeners to know, Dr. Nathanson, he thought he was doing the right thing for women. The other people, like Lawrence later, um, from my reading, to me, it appears to me, he wasn't so much out for women. I think he was trying to make it easy for men to not be responsible
0: for their own behavior. Last question in our remaining moments. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to... Terry Beatley, founder and president of the Hosea Initiative and her shocking just-released book, What If We've Been Wrong? Terry, what changed Dr. Nathanson's mind about abortion. Uh, thank you. That's a very important question. I know our time is running short,
1: so this is what happened. Um, he's personally responsible for 75,000 abortions. He aborted 5,000 babies with his own hand. And by the way, he aborted his own child. He aborted his own child. He taught doctors how to do abortions on another 10,000 babies. And then when New York became the abortion capital of the world, uh, he was running the largest abortion mill in New York City. They were killing 900 babies per week, per week. So he paved the way for the Roe v. Wade decision, which he celebrated, the Roe v. Wade decision. Two months after Roe v. Wade, he had quit the abortion facility just because he was exhausted and he was chief of obstetrics at a hospital in New York. And the hospital rolls in a brand new technology, and that technology was real-time ultrasound and the father of the modern-day abortion industry, who paved the way for the Roe v Wade decision, which made killing babies during all nine months of pregnancy in all 50 states a, a decriminalized activity. He sees the baby for the first time smiling, sucking her thumb, wiggling her toes, doing all the beautiful things babies do in the womb. And he recognized immediately on real-time ultrasound he had, a, he had an ethical problem on his hands. And he called abortion within the next two years. He was able to call abortion homicide and murder. And the the father of the modern-day abortion industry became pro-life and spent the rest of his life trying to undo what he did to America and America's women.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Terry Beatley, president of the Hosea Initiative and author of her latest must-read, What If We've Been Wrong? Terry, I want to thank you for coming on Testimony and for the last seven years persevering in the faith to bring this story, to bring truth into the ears of those that need to hear it most, and the ears that need to hear it is the entire nation. Over 60 million babies aborted since Roe versus Wade. You are on a mission to debunk the lies, the false narrative, to save lives. How can the listeners Get your book and follow what you're doing.
1: They can go to our website called the ministry's Hosea Initiative. That's H-O-S-E-A, Hosea Initiative, www.hosea4u.org. So it's H-O-S-E-A, the number 4, Y-O-U.org. You can also click the book link on our homepage, and that'll take you right to the book landing page. Get the book, read it, because the other thing that's in this book is the appendix from Norma McCorvey, who was the Roe of Roe v. Wade. Her 2003 affidavit is Appendix C e to overturn the Roe v. Wade decision. It's all in one
0: book. Thank you, Terry Beatley, and God bless you. Thank you, Jensen. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax deductible gift, please visit us at JensineBard.com. That's one word, J E N S I N E B A R D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening. And please join us again for testimony.